Hi, I'm Steve McCoy and welcome to another episode of the Raw McCoy podcast, where we explore the wonderful world of natural health to hopefully enlighten you even a little with evidence-based light-hearted chat and also empower you a whole lot so you can take control of your health and well-being. I'm here again with my good friend and human behavior specialist, Michael Adams, who, as part of our Mind Health series, will today be looking at the topic of you are where you live. And so we'll be exploring environmental triggers. Hi, Mike. It's great to have you here once again. As normal, wonderful to be here. So let's dive straight in and have a look at my environmental triggers and what they actually are. Give us uh, an, an idea and some examples of how we would describe an environmental trigger. It's the immediate environment that, that you create. It's also how you relate to all the environments that you occupy, you choose to be in, um, whether it be at work, whether it be at home. You set your home up and all the things around you in a way that suits you, that suits your, your lifestyle, your goals. And we do this again automatically. We don't might not necessarily... No. So some of our actions, when we open the fridge, we actually know where everything is. Um, so I open the fridge, I'm looking for the butter, I know exactly where it is. And that action, that trigger follows the next action. You know, I'll take that butter, I'll walk over to the bread bin, which I also I know. So your environment is almost dictating your next action. I mean, that's really interesting. I, I remember us having a chat some time ago where one of the, the things you pointed out at the time, I remember, was uh, how environment then leads to behavior, behavior then leads to an emotion, and emotion then leads to an action. Mm-hmm. And that's always, that's always stayed with mm-hmm. me. And when I look at how that trail, if you like, impacts on uh, someone's behavior and therefore the, the things that they are likely to do, you know, to do next, mm-hmm. give us an idea of how uh, environment and these triggers can actually influence people and their behaviour, and particularly based around the fact of, uh, you know, the the topic of today's uh, podcast, which is very much around you are where you live. So give us an idea of how that all feeds in. Uh, A a good example. Somebody who will will use um, water as an example. Mm. Somebody who doesn't drink water, uh, or as much as they should do. <laughs> We're all probably guilty of that, right? We could all do with drinking more. Absolutely. Well, you, you'll probably find that the environment that they've set up has not encouraged them to do so. And for some people, this is a change they need to make. But they don't understand that their environment is not conducive to them making that change. They haven't set up the environmental triggers that create that habit. If you're somebody who needs to create the habit now of drinking more water you therefore need to set your environment up to deliver on that so as an example you may have a glass of water waiting for you at the side of your bed when you when you get up instead of having to walk across the room to the water cooler in the office you may have a glass on your desk so all of a sudden your environment now is now creating the new habit until that becomes habitual now, without those things, without those triggers, that new habit doesn't kick in. And that's effectively how environmental triggers work. Um, a- another example could be when you 
put your key in your front door and you walk through it. Very often, we go through an automatic routine that we don't have to think about. For some people, it's I take my coat off, I go and hang it up in the cupboard. For some, is I chuck it down on that chair that has been strategically placed there for me to do that and I don't even have to think about it. The next thing I might do is go in and say hello to my siblings or the next thing I might do is go to the loo. Um, Whatever happens, you will notice that actually this is a routine. This is a routine and the environment you create suits that routine. I mean, you're saying this and and a a number of of bells are going off in, in my own head as to looking at, you know, examining my own environment as you're as you're speaking and i'm also conscious of the fact that our environment actually influences potentially our mood right so we can have right so we can have a situation i mean a number of studies have shown that as we well know bright light uh, whether that be natural or artificial can uh, can help uh, health outcomes in terms of uh, things such as as depression and it Mm -hmm. can impact on, on 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 things like that and so the environment as you've quite rightly pointed out hugely important but also for setting up that that sort of routine that you you talked about particularly when it comes to when it comes to habit change right well to habit change to the choices that we make we choose the environments that we uh, that we populate you know i i've got a choice um as to whether i go into that environment there and very often that environment over there that I keep going back to may not be serving me, but I've now developed the habit of when I get in this situation, that's what I do. And we're not understanding that that environment can be the thing that's drawing us in. That's drawing, And we, we get drawn in out of habit. Changing it and using another environmental uh, trigger now opens us up to a different experience. And that's something that we're not necessarily conscious of because our subconscious likes familiarity. Sure. It, in, you know, it, so it goes, no, we know what we're doing there. We're there, comfortable in we that don't area. Know. Absolutely. <laughs> so you follow all the triggers that have, been, that have been set up for you and you're not thinking about creating new ones. Right. I mean, we talked on our previous podcast about emotional triggers mm-hmm. and the different forms and the various forms that those can you know those can take on and clearly environmental situations are part of emotional triggers because our, a, a, an environmental situation can surely trigger an emotion within us absolutely it's great that we do this in the way that we do it because you know none of this is scripted so i don't know what you're going to say no 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 i like to surprise you and uh, <laughs> And, and it's really interesting where you took me with that because I remember in my um, in my youth and so we say in my late late teens early twenties I would um, frequent and for those of you who've had a Caribbean background um, the blues dance Ooh. in the Ooh. in the, in the middle of the back. night we're going back somewhere now we are going, we are going <laughs> we are going back now back in the day. You know that what that environment. You knew what you were getting. It was a dark room. Um, darker the better. The darker, <laughs> the darker the better. There was you, you, you know, the environment delivered on what it was supposed to do. But I also remember there was a period of time whereby people would be, you know, quite edgy towards each other, and 
And it wouldn't be surprised if it kicked off. You know, something happened, mm-hmm. there was an incident, whatever. But it didn't stop you going back there the next week. And the attachment, because remember, once it kicks off, emotion kicks in. All of these different things come into play. But like anything else, because this represented some form of pleasure for you, you went back Mm. for the experience again, week after week after week. Uh, Not a choice I'd make now, (laughs) but absolutely a choice I would make then. And those environmental triggers had a command on me. They had a grip. And that's happening to us all the time in our in our lives at the simplest levels and at more complex levels. It's very layered. Yeah. And I suppose, I mean, you've given a, a really interesting example there of, you know, of your, your past. And I'll say your past. <laughs> <laughs> we, know, uh, we know you were there as well. Steve. <laughs> but um, it's also there have also been been uh, examples where environmental situations can provoke if you like real intense and i suppose often excessive emotional reactions within us mm-hmm. and so you know we may be able to look back at a situation and feel well actually it was something external that i allowed to impact me in that way and perhaps my actions were somewhat you know excessive mm-hmm. perhaps i went over the you you're know, talking the road rage here that's a, a great example. Um, and and I think that when we talk about environmental triggers and what can then impact on us to, to, to in such a strong emotional sense, I suppose road rage is, a, is a, a great example of that. Yeah, because what happens is when we're challenged um, in certain environments, another part of us takes over. Our ego gets kicked mm-hmm. in, which is attached directly to our emotion, which is attacked directly to our belief system, which may be based on, God, I'm not having anybody take liberties with me. Absolutely. So the environment triggers an emotion that triggers an action. And that's what you were talking about when we first started this discussion. That's right. That is the cycle. Behaviour, emotion, action. action. Absolutely. Absolutely. So when we look at... and and. You know, there are triggers, there are influences. If we look at some of the, the potential environmental influences, you know, around us, depending and going back to the to the, the, the topic of you are where you live, things like climate that can that can impact on us. Absolutely. Our diet, yeah. our access to exercise, our peer group, uh, our occupation, levels mm-hmm. of stress. Mm-hmm. So all of these influences can play a part externally there and environmentally, but they all play a part on our actions, right? Completely. And I think that you used one example there, which is a really, really good one to focus on, diet. Mm. Now, we have to understand that the food that surrounds us is exactly who we are. We choose that food. We choose the reference points for our food. We understand that there, that food is something that um, is very visual, you know, uh, can you, and we've said this before, can you walk past that biscuit tin? If it's there, it's on view. You can't walk past it for some people because that's an environmental trigger. I see a biscuit tin. I know what's in it. It's a reward. I'm taking it. The only way you can change that habit is not to have it there. So that's a change. So you've taken that environmental trigger away and it might be what you need to do to train yourself. In the same way as in society, there are environmental triggers. My walking past a cake shop 
may be different than somebody who is uh, obese and challenged by that. I look at a cake shop, I see sugar. Somebody else looks at a cake shop, they see a treat. Interesting. I, so, therefore, they're both environmental triggers, but I'm triggered differently than you. Right. And we're not necessarily aware that this is happening. So, let me, let me run this by you. You know, I, I, I like to just throw in that, uh, that surprise question from time to time. And as we say, this isn't scripted, so you have no idea what's, what's coming. Um, now, with regards to common, you know, there are a number of triggers that are, that are deemed as, as common environmental triggers. And some of them uh, that I've seen listed include things like physical pain, um, uh, medication for those people who are on medication, various medical issues. And then I came across boredom as being an environmental trigger. And... I wanted to to get your take on this, Mike, because I've always felt, and I know not everyone agrees with this, but I've always felt that boredom is a choice. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Now, not everyone sees it in, in that way. When I hear people saying, God, I'm, I'm absolutely bored, or I was totally bored yesterday. Mm-hmm. Now, I've never, ever felt bored in my life. Mm-hmm. And so I find that difficult to relate to mm-hmm. and particularly relate to as an environmental trigger. So mm-hmm. I'd like to get your take on that. Well, there's actually a very simple answer to that, and I had no idea you were going to go there. But when somebody comes into an environment that isn't set up how they see it or hasn't got the things around them that they're comfortable with, they see nothing. So therefore, there is nothing that triggers them because they're looking for familiarity. So in other words, um, a great example is if I go into a place, uh, I don't know, that uh, I'm expecting a certain type of music and different music is playing, I will go, this is boring because you're not delivering on my expectations. My expectations is I want to hear something that I'm familiar with. I'm not welcoming that new experience of going, actually, I've never heard this before. Let me see what this is all about. No, some people go, not hearing what I want to hear. This, this environment was really boring. They played that music all night. So, and that now becomes a trigger, as we uh, as we pointed out earlier, to then the the, the behaviour that they then go on to have, oh, which absolutely. then is absolutely. the emotion. So and therefore, then the yeah. But so therefore, this now affects their mood, um, their demeanour. It kicks in. We 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 start to follow the prompts, but that emotional trigger is what kicked it off, and so. It sounds as if you're saying that a shift in mindset as to embracing change and something that's unfamiliar would see to all of that. Yeah, because all of a sudden you would relate to the event differently. You would relate to the circumstances differently. You will relate to the environment differently. I like that. I like that. Interesting. So with that said... Can you give us some ways that we could potentially improve our in, our environmental uh, health um, and so we respond to those environmental triggers in a different way? Well, I, it, it starts with managing our own expectations in any given situation. You know, like we've talked about, the key to any of what we're talking about, you know, as cognitive human beings, it all generates, it all comes from the thoughts that we generate and, ha- and the thinking that we generate at any given time. 
and recognizing that our thoughts aren't happening by accident. They're happening because of our belief systems, how we have programmed ourselves to react in certain environments in certain ways. And what we've got to do sometimes is is challenge that, is say, hold on a minute, yeah, I'm about to respond this way, but is that necessary? Or actually, is it, am I getting the outcome from this that I desire? Or am I prepared for a different experience in an environment that I didn't totally understand? And those are the things, that this self-talk that is a common theme throughout all oh, the podcasts. Isn't it massive? Is, yeah. is, is where we're coming back to. But what we realise is that in that self-talk and in that self-dialogue, um, that dialogue needs to take on board emotional triggers, environmental triggers. All of these different things are contributing to where we find ourselves right now. How we interpret and see our world. How we interact with others. How we interact with the spaces around us. The choices we make about what that space looks like. I've been in... A good example maybe. I've got some friends who... Uh, you know, you go in their cars, they are like the best kept room. <laughs> you know, it, it's like it's like their kingdom. And I've gone in other cars whereby you've the got, floor got, is a rubbish tip. You've got a you've got, you've got, you've yeah. got stuff growing out of you're the, growing the floor, out right? Growing out of the floor. Sure. Now, what I'm saying is two similar environments. The latter person whose car is like a rubbish tip, literally, it's an environmental trigger for them. They get in their car, they've got a bit of food. Oh. Here we go. This is what I normally do mm. down there. Somebody else would be in that same environment is absolutely my car is my kingdom. Yeah. So therefore, um, I'm not even eating in here. So we, sure. we're learning behavior about our environments. We're doing it at the insular level. We're doing it at the, co at the uh, collective level. It's happening all of the time. I'll use a great example with you. We come here, we do this most weeks we've been doing stuff together for the last few years yeah okay you come into my room there is no two ways you've actually trained me on your environmental triggers i know the chair you're sitting in right now is your <laughs> chair all right doesn't need to have my name it on doesn't it. need to <laughs> you and know you know <laughs> and you come in here and you look at that chair and you know we all know that's steve's chair it's actually my chair but it's steve's chair when you're here and, and and you don't even have to think about it, and I don't have to think about it. I know Steve's going to pull that chair up and sit there. It's a particularly comfy armchair, and uh, and I'd be lost without it. To be uh, fair, and but we don't even have to think about that. Sure, we're doing that in our homes, in our environments, all the time. So, in terms of recognizing that we have these potential environmental triggers that then go on to influence our you know our behavior as we as we well know what can we do as individuals to if we recognize that these environmental triggers are not serving us and we want to do different i mean what you're what you've suggested as, as a common theme throughout this is to have that 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 in conversation with ourselves yeah. that inner dialogue and so specifically so let's let's really 
you know, nail well, well, this what specifically. Do, what sort of inner what dialogue? We, what inner we can dialogue do, are we what we can about? do, and you touched upon it in the last podcast, right? We can load a habit onto a habit, and because very often when we create a habit, at the time that we do it, and you you use the example of you needed to meditate more. Sure. So now what you use, you use the trigger of when you get up out out of your bed. Uh, swing yeah. your feet round. Yeah. That's a trigger for you to start start meditation, med- start meditation rather than do the next thing that you want to do. I use the example at the top of the at the top of this particular podcast of somebody who needs to drink water more. You need to set water up around you more in your environment. You need to make it easier for you to create that. So habit. create an environment that within your space that's conducive to those changes. Until it becomes habit that you don't even have to think about it. You're doing it automatically. In the same way as some of those habits and the ones that don't serve us are embedded and we don't have to think about them. Because let's remember, a lot of what we're talking about, we don't have to think about. That's why they're so easy. Sure. That's why we don't even realise there are environmental triggers because it's so automatic. We're doing it, un- we're doing it subconsciously. subconsciously. It's something that is, is automatic. Too. It's only when you stop and realise, actually, if I want a different outcome, I may need to I may need to create new triggers in my environment. Very interesting. Well, Mike, I want to thank you once again for your insight into exter- environmental and external uh, triggers and highlighting the fact that you know you are where you live and and how we can make those changes to those environmental triggers which impact on our on our behavior is to set our environments up in a way where they are then conducive and reckon yeah it's both recognizing the triggers that are there that you're triggering too because sometimes we don't even know it so it's taking the time out and go oh actually i Always do that. Why? When I come into the space, why do I? And that's part of the conversation, right? Absolutely. So you then, and you go, if it's serving me, I'll carry on. Mm. If it's not, I need to change that. How can I set that up differently? Um, I've used the example of people who walk out their front door uh, onto the road and always turn right. It's their habit. It's what they do um, all the time, no matter what happens. Turn left sometimes. See what, happens. <laughs> See what happens. You may open up to a different experience. Fantastic. I think that's a wonderful place to, 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 to end today's podcast. And I'd like to thank Mike once again for his insights and the nuggets of, uh, of information that he's, he's given us today. Thank you once again, Mike. No problem. And look forward to you joining us for our next podcast, which will be all around what's real to you. We'll be looking at perception perspective and proximity the three p's that mike uh, <laughs> has, love has it. coined love it so uh yeah look forward to look forward to that and thank you once again mike look forward to the next podcast take care Bye-bye. thanks for listening to this episode of the raw mccoy podcast i really hope you enjoyed it don't forget that you can subscribe in your podcast app so you never miss a show and you can also catch up on all our podcasts at the rawmccoy.com